Jonesy, this podcast had it all. Three racing states and we went even went international. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. Uh, I think a podcast of this caliber should transcend jurisdictions. Mm. We're talking about the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And um, just how much of a phenomenal occasion it is. and The turnover. The t- <laughs> My God. The turnover is phenomenal, but it also, <laughs> I, I think it shone a little light. On the uh, on the turnover that we have on our greatest race here in Australia, but uh, more on that during the podcast. Yeah, I would have thought so. And if you're going to turn some over this weekend, where would you do something like that? I think you're going to turn some over with Team Orange, and that's the good people at Ned's. Look, the Winter Carnival's heating up. We're on the back end of the Adelaide Carnival. Thank God, some would say. <laughs> um, so open up your Ned's app and gamble responsibly in there. Um, check us out on our profiles. You can follow us in on a few bets if you like. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I'll tell you what, everything you could possibly do on the Ned's app is what you want to do. Get weird and exotic for us, drifters. Absolutely. And uh tell you what, some of the drifters are following in what we've posted or what I've posted, um, those three-leg multis and two-leg multis for the yep. Queensland Derby and the Cox Plate. And there was another one there, the Stradbroke as well. So a couple of drifters have um, following our coattails and, you know, it's good to have a long, long-term long play. You've pulled it off before. Yes. No reason why it can't happen again. Absolutely. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Okay, grand final day, man. Favourite day of the year. Yeah, it's like the only way I could describe this feeling is Christmas and a grand final all in one. You're nervous because it's your grand final and you're just wondering what could be Mm. and you're just wondering what the outcome's going to be at the end of it all. Uh, But it's also Christmas because, you know, Christmas is just something that you look forward to. Um, And, you know, when you combine those two things, you have Derby Day, mate. You do, punting Christmas, mate, punting Christmas. It and is. I feel like I get the same feeling about Derby Day as I do when I was a kid looking forward to Christmas. Get giddy, get excited, get nervous. Yeah, you're sort of nervous. You're wondering what presents are under the tree for you, mate. Oh, mate. You're roughy jagging Ruffies, yeah, each ways and your best of the day. And you know what, mate, just to top it off, a quaddy. Oh, the, uh, the fabled Derby Day quadrilla. Look out. Look out. Okay, let's get cracking on, mate, because there's a ton to get through. There really is. Uh, Horses to follow, kick us off. Uh, First one for me is a horse that's running on the weekend, uh, Farnan. Uh, So he had a trial in Gosford um, last week, and he won by about six lengths. Um, And he had a good jump out uh, in Flemington um, last Thursday, I think, uh, sort of giving the the Flemington straight a go. So... um, yeah, been reading some chat about him um, throughout the week, and uh, yeah, he's he's definitely caught my eye. Interesting, interesting. Synthetic hoofler on, so yes. can he overcome that? Uh, mine, I had written Beauty, who I'm very thankful that she's actually not running in the Coolmore because that race would have got even more confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, hard to miss a filly that broke. 
Nature Strip's track record. Um, but to be fair, it wasn't a good three. It was probably a fast two, if not quicker. So, mm. very fast track. Three track records were broken on the night, but I think she did that at a third or fourth start. Yeah. She's Jeez. A, she's a big and a good filly. Who else, mate? Mate, I've got Portland Sky. Uh, it won race three at Mooney Valley on Saturday. Um, won it pretty comfortably and, and Benny Mellon uh, didn't really touch him. Um, so, he looks suited out further, I think. Uh, that was a 1,200-meter race. I think 1,400 or the mile looks um, ideal for, for the Colt. He's progressive. So, um, yeah, one to sort of keep an eye on uh, mm. for future races. Nice one. Um <laughs> Strange this. I've got one that did caught my eye, but I'm not actually backing it this weekend. It's running in Sydney. Cree Deris, again, I think I might have brought it up last time, but it was last six lengths off um, the back of him at 300 and nothing was running on down in Sydney um, last weekend. And yeah, came within half a length of winning. Treated horribly at the weights in the Golden Eagle. Yeah, that's a turn off for me. Um, and the backup on a pretty pretty slow track is also a query for mine. So, um, yeah, happy for it to go around without me this weekend, but definitely one that I'm keen to bet on in the future. Excellent. Um, last one for me, Matt, is La Mexicana. So, it won the last race uh, in Mooney Valley. Um, yeah, look, it... it it was sort of leading pretty comfortably and then the number 10, can't remember what its name is, was challenging it and actually got ahead of it uh, with about 100 to go. But then like, Mexicana fought back um, and has a genuine will to win. So um, that's a horse that when you see horses tough it out like that, you know, they're, they're a good thing. So, um, yeah, the Mexicana is, is one to watch, I reckon. A will to win gets, goes a long way. Tagalog has that, very elegant has that. VE has that in yeah. spades. Mm. Um. My last one was one from the trials in Sydney, um, Miss Invincible. It won an 800-meter trial by 13 and a half lengths. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, it absolutely spanked him. So, I don't know. I think she might be... I actually don't know what she is, but happy to, happy to follow. Put her in your black book, see where she goes. Okay, DJ. Yes. Polo recipients this week. Oh, mate, there was heaps to choose from. Yeah, bumper edition, I reckon. This yeah, might I reckon be our best it is. Yet. Yeah, I um, look. I, I'm going to give it to um, all the players who, who featured in grand finals um, on the weekend across AFL and and NRL, particularly to the winners uh, Richmond and the Melbourne Storm. Um, I guess it just sort of, especially listening to the speeches post the matches and also seeing their celebrations <laughs> for the next few days. Um, I guess it just put it into perspective how tough a year it really has been for a lot of these blokes. Um, a lot of them have been away from family, uh, away from home for uh, four or five months. Um, so it's an incredible achievement to um, to win it all at the end. Um, yeah, so so shout out to the Melbourne Storm and uh, and Richmond. I think um, really well done. And and yeah, some of the banter in social media from the players, uh, particularly. Uh, Brandon Smith and, and Cam Munster <laughs> from the Melbourne Storms all time. So, I'm sure a lot of you punters would have seen it. Um, well done. Well done to all involved. I agree. Richmond's my top tier this this week. Now, I, I'm not the biggest fan, but you have to respect what they've done. So, back in 2010, their chairman, Brendan Gale, said that Richmond would win three flags by 2020. Now... 
Richmond were, I think they were second last that year, lost their first eight games of that season. And at the end of the 2016 season, Sydney actually defeated them by 120 points. Yeah, right. So, that is a massive turnaround in such a short amount of time. So, yeah, they've won three flags in four years. They've delivered on the promise that they would deliver to their members. So, yeah, you have to respect them. Yeah, 100%. Cool, mate. Middle tier. Uh, for me, um, the middle tier is going to be focusing on the, uh, the Polo Punk Club, actually. Um, so, as a group, we managed to pick the winners for the Manicato uh, and the Cox Plate on the weekend, just gone. Um, both saluted at pretty chunky odds. Very chunky. Um, but specifically, more of a shout out actually to, to Macca and Brad. So, Mac um, picked the winner of the Manicato. Hey, Doc, about five minutes before the race jumped. Um, well done, mate. Um, and the rest of the group actually went trekking there. So, going one out in a, in a race like that with an odds on favorite. I can respect that. Uh, and then Brad uh, chucked in Sir Dragonette into the Cox Plate and the rest of us went Russian Camelot. So, um, well done to Bradley as well. Um, two huge bets. And, um, you know, those sort of bets can be the difference between a purple polo and, and, and you know, a clean victory on Derby Day. So, you Mate, carry that form. Absolutely, you can. So, the other thing that I noticed is that we picked about six winners on that card. And um, so, we did, between yeah, we us, did. <laughs> we did pretty well. I picked the trifecta in the soft con- conditions in the Cox Plate. Did yep. I have a cent on? No. <laughs> of course you didn't. Of course I didn't. But I actually I actually called that race pretty well. You did. You did. Um, Grand Slam being the um, pacemaker for Sir Dragonette, that played out perfectly. And it was... It was actually quite satisfying to see Grand Slam run last. Yeah, um, Colding ran second last, and I said he'd run a good race. So, <laughs> and behind um, Humidor, who had a bleed, so that's how bad that thing has gone. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. That puts up a really interesting thing later on in the card. Is afterthoughts as one thing. I'm going to talk about that a bit later on, and then that these um, three year olds on quick backups and. Guinea's form. I don't know. Yep. Not too sure. Fair enough. Okay. Um, My middle tier was Jamie Carr. Again, she is in outstanding form. Four winners on the card. Uh, Getting Miami bound back in the wet conditions at 26 bucks. So, that's always handy. But, yeah, she's the best jockey in Victoria at the moment, I reckon. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, mate. I'd have to agree with that. Okay, mate. Who's looking awful? Who's looking terrible? Oh, look, there's one one big stinker. from the weekend, mate. Um, not sure if you'll talk about it, uh, but the the grand final commentary in the NRL um, with a particular focus on Gus Gould. Okay, so we have the same bottom tier. Yeah. But I've got the NRL grand final as a bottom tier. Yeah. But you talk about Gus and I'll talk about something oh, else. Oh, look, it, it was... It was frustrating listening to the point where I, w- I wanted to mute the commentary of the grand final because he's so one-eyed, uh, which makes sense because he used to be the general manager of Penrith, right? And he used to play for them. Um, but you need to rise above that if you're commentating on a grand final. And it's not a good look for the sport because a lot of people who don't usually tune into NRL will tune in to watch the, the grand final. And, and you can see Twitter exploding with a lot of pundits from... Um, the dif- different sort of sporting code saying, what is this bloke's deal? It was absolutely ridiculous. And he's exactly the same when it comes to 
um, New South Wales versus Queensland as well. And as um, you know, passionate Queensland supporters, mate, um, that obviously you know does our head in. Um, and there wasn't. And what frustrated me even more was there wasn't even a single mention of the fact that Cameron Smith, who's thirty-seven years old, has played four hundred and thirty odd games, was who's potentially might have played his last game. There was no mention of it whatsoever. Could you know? Could be considered the greatest player ever, and, and there was not a single mention of the achievement of him winning winning the grand final at that age as captain. Mm. It just blew my mind. Yeah, disrespectful. Mm. Um, that Gus does frustrate me. Um, the one who I think is the benchmark is Peter Sterling. Yes, yeah. he's, he's he's outstanding. Whenever um, Parramatta play. He's probably more harsh on them. Yeah, agree. Like, and I feel like, and he's not the only one. You look at other sports like James Brayshaw when he was commentating for Triple M. I think he still might. But when he was chairman of North Melbourne, he just said, no, nah, not calling because he's like, I'm going to be biased. Yeah, and of course. Like, he, he can commentate North Melbourne games now because he's not associated with the club anymore. But, um, yeah, he's he's not he's not biased. Um, the other things out of the grand final for mine was the bunker. I thought oh, they had an absolute stinker, and they—I just can't get over like that obstruction call. Oh, that was clear that as was, day. That was clear as day. And um, I also had Sportsbet who paid out on Cameron Smith as the um, Tally M medalist. <laughs> I think they paid out one point five million. So oh, congrats geez. to all the punters there. I'm sure they uh, raked it in on the weekend anyway. So oh yeah, mate, they'll get plenty off us this weekend. I um, did. Um, I did have a dishonourable mention as well to me. Um, there's two horses who won at Randwick on the weekend who I've um, plugged in the podcast multiple times. Uh, positive Peace at 17 bucks saluted and Ice Bath saluted in the last of three bucks. Mm-hmm. Two the, the two, like I haven't backed – I backed both of those horses pretty much every start Yep, and didn't back either of them on the weekend. So, yeah. it's a bottom tier performance for me. No, nah, mate. That's fine. That's fine. It's just a, it's a one-off, all right? Okay. Here we go, punters. We're going to preview the Flemington card. What a time to be alive. So, the Carbine Club is the traditional opening race for Derby Day. So, you have Asar, a $2.15 favourite with Crosshaven's second favourite at $4. Both coming out of the Caulfield Guineas. Now, I'll get your thoughts because I'm interested to see what direction you head in here look um the asa and crosshaven form is out of the guineas i'd say it's mixed i'd say it's mixed um no doubt in my mind obviously they're both good horses and they should get a pretty comfortable lead here um so look i think they're both great chances um but i actually don't mind something here that um is going to get to the back of the field um, I think there's going to be a stack of early speed in this race um, and I'm not sure if Crosshaven or Asal really likes having something up there um, with them at the front. So, look, I've landed on number seven, so let's toast. So, 16 bucks at the moment. Um, it ran third to Endanger last start um, but was wide the trip Um then I think got slightly stuck behind the leaders on the straight um, and then peeled out and was really starting to build nicely. 
that race was 1400 I think 1600 looks ideal now um, it just seems like the type of horse that was sort of really feeling for further look it's it's drawn the wide barrier but that's not a, that doesn't matter because it's a back marker should be ridden pretty quietly um, yeah I think it can come storming home um, I just didn't really like Asar in danger and Blizzard and Crosshaven at that price so look I'm willing to have have a play each way we're drinking from the same juice box. Here. Oh. We've, found, we've found the same one. Um, gets a kilo off in danger as well. So, I think through the line, lengths past him was, yeah, it looks a really nice bet to kick off the card at 16 bucks. <laughs> That's um, just uh, fill me with uh, a warm feeling inside, mate. To be honest, mate, I'm probably going to have a Brucey two bets here. <laughs> um, gonna have a, I'm going to have a little play on in danger. And I'm going to have a play on So Let's Toast. I think they're both at backable prices. Um, and I'm actually really keen to take on the favourite here, Asar and Crosshaven. Reason is, and this is something that you can apply throughout the card punters, but I've done a bit of homework just over the last few weekends. And there's going to be stacks more examples of this. But horses that I've categorised are being in afterthoughts recently. You've had we've had Trekking who ran second in the Manicado as favourite. Hungry Heart ran seventh in the Thousand Guineas as favourite. Thermosphere went as second favourite, ran eighth last weekend. Ecumenical was favourite, ran second. Kingswell Dream ran third in an absolute afterthought that mile race as favourite. And Master of Wine in the Cox Plate, complete afterthought, they were only talking about the Caulfield Cup, ran eighth at thirty one dollars. There's enough runs on the board for me. I want to see horses on grand final day for mine. And um, I am I just don't think Asar out of a red hot run, Guineas on space, on, on pace, he's had the three weeks between runs. He still could win, but I'm happy to take him on. Yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. I looked at that Caulfield Guineas form and I think that was my reasoning for it being mixed in this race is because that was a grand final for all of these horses. Um. And yeah, going at the sixteen hundred again um, for these three-year-olds who have been up for a while. Yeah, happy happy to take on something that's a bit more lightly raced. Beautiful, I like it, and I don't mind that. So let's toast drawn outside in an eight-horse field. Nah, that's fine. Yeah, hey, we'll have, Flemington, the the back markers have plenty of opportunity to appeal out and run a good yeah, race. So. They sure do. Okay, first race done and dusted. Race two on the program is the Wakeful, and what do you know, mate? There's another. Favourite from the Thousand Guineas, personal. Now, she's my girl. Yes. I like her, but I'm really against her in this race too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you give me a reasoning, mate, and then I'll, uh, I'll have a counter-argument, hopefully, because sure. I like it in this. Well, I don't really think I need to say much more, to be honest, because as a rule for the weekend and in my punting in general, I just hate afterthoughts. I'm, I just don't think they win all that often. Now, I, I can see that they can obviously, based on this, tracking around second, um, ecumenical second, Kingsville Dream third, they can run good yeah, races. Yeah. They can run good races, but I think as a winning proposition, they're not necessarily up there, but I can't knock anyone for backing them. Personal, I think, yeah, that all they were talking about was 1,000 guineas for this horse. We saw um, Flit come down and be a $2 favourite for this race last year and got knocked over. Mm. Um, so, I, again, I'm, I'm happy to take her on. The one I'm keen on, and 
this is one of my better bets on the card, is number nine, Victoria Key. Yep. Um, Jamie Carr in the saddle for Tony McAvoy. Tick, tick. Um, ran second to it's, it's no deal done or whatever that thing is. Um, yeah, that thing would have been favourite for the Victoria Derby if they went that, that way. In early markets, it was about $5 favourite for the Derby and then they said, no, nah, we're going to save it for the spring. Um, had a big starting price profile last start, but it's going to get back in a race where there's a bit of speed. I th- it's going to relish Flemington. I think it's a cracking bet. Yeah, mate. Uh, that was my next best after after personal, so I, I can't talk you out of that. Um, look, I, I just think personal um, was so impressive in the 1,000 guineas um, that – you know, I think I'm I'm willing to have a have a shot at it here. Uh, it draws middle of the pack, so it should find a pretty comfortable position. Um, yeah, I just couldn't take my eyes off those closing sectionals. So, look, um, I'm keen on it in this three dollars forty. I'm not going to have a big play. I did like Victoria Key, so I might play in the um, the Quinella or Trifecta markets in this race. Punners. Yeah, no, I think Victoria Key looks yeah for mine looks nicely placed, and I wouldn't be surprised because. The money might come for others that uh, she could start even f- um, out at like eight bucks or something on the day. So fingers crossed. Okay, race three is the Lithingo Stakes. <laughs> Twelve hundred meters, Group Two, down the the straight six. So Kemal Parsa uh, won this as the on the first uh, race of the day last year. Uh, beat Zutori, who was a short price favourite. Um, we were at the track there, so this is why we can remember this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, who'd you land on here, mate? Um, look, I've gone for the favourite in this one, um, just because I think that Shellacky Stakes form is uh, is holding up quite nicely. So that's number nine, Octane. Um, dirty work was great in the Manicato, I thought, um, and Octane ran third um, in that race, the Shellacky behind. Uh, dirty work and diamond efforts. So both of those horses are travelling super. Um, there's nothing else really that screamed out at me. Um, I, I don't know about Banquo. Don't know about Camel Passer in this. Um, again, not going to have a massive play in this race, punters, um, because I think there's a couple of things at bigger odds that might upset, um, but I think Octane will win. Yep. Uh, he's definitely... Definitely one of the winning chances for mine. Uh, 1,200 metres is the small query on him for me. Yeah. Um, but I think Kemal Parsa can go back-to-back here. Um, Willow on board, he can go out to the front. And um, I don't know, whenever he does that, jockeys usually like lay off him a bit. And um, I don't know, his, his straight form is pretty good, winning this race last year against Ettore. And then he ran uh, within a nose, a neck of Zutori, this prep in the Gilgai. Um, so, I think that form stacks up here. I think that's this is a easier race, to be honest. And I think, yeah, Camel Passer, Banquo, you never know with Rich Charm. He's got a special place in the Polo Punk Club um, hearts. He sure does. He sure does. He's, he's eight years old now, the big fella. Yeah, he is. His last win might have been... On Derby Day, to be honest, it was it that, it was it that long ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Octane is the winning chance. But yeah, happy to take Camel Passer. But this is probably one of the first races where I'm not keen to have a big play. Yeah, look, I, I won't have a massive play in this either, um, just because I think there's, um, you know, there's a few chances that um, I'm not willing to take on massively. Cool. Okay, the Hotham. 
You win and you're in to the Lexus Melbourne Cup. Any strong opinion here? No. No, nah, it's a dartboard for me, this race. Um, I think there's a couple of different form lines colliding that have just confused the hell out of me. Um, there is a horse that's been there or thereabouts this prep, and I think um, I think coming to this track is, is certainly beneficial. Um, that's number 10, Shabao. Um, look, he's had three starts this prep for two-thirds and a fourth. Um been there and thereabouts running with some some decent horses um this is its third crack at the 2500 meter i don't really see that as a good or a bad thing um so yeah again not super keen to to play in this race but um i think shabao is is um in there with a chance i backed a tourney two starts back when it won um look for for me it's a bit of a chance at 14 bucks Aside from that, man, nothing else really that's, that's screaming out at me. Yeah. Um, I had a look at Hush Rider, but doesn't go a yard, Melbourne Wave going, and I saw Adrian Bob, and it won't be a, any soft ground, um, but said if it was a soft five, they'd scratch it. So, it needs it rock hard. That's what they, they're yeah. telling me. And Flemington usually has a little bit more give than, say, your Caulfields or your Mooney Valleys. Um had a look at sound, but then he hasn't won for two or three years. Cariff again, I'm just off him now. And I had a look at Shabao, but my default is to go to the international runners, and there's two yep. with international form lines here. The top weight, Ash Run, um, was a bit unlucky in the Geelong Classic or the Geelong Cup or whatever that was, um, Geelong Cup behind Steel Prince. Steel Prince is going super this mm. prep. Um but I thought the bottom weight, Admire Robson, is the most likely winner here. Um, got absolutely pumped, $40 into $10 last start. Gee whiz. Um, yeah, got absolutely whacked in. And it ran a pretty good race, but it just got too far back. Smaller field here should suit. Um, big jockey change. Brett Pe- Pebble, Preble, off. Now, he's he's been going at about 1% his last 100 runs. Oh, jeez. You have G-Boss on. Bossy. He won in these colours last weekend, mate. He's, he's good to go. Yeah, fair. Um, that was one horse as well that I had a bit of an eye on too. Um, yeah, so I think if I play in this race, I'm going to be playing in the exotics um, and I think Admiral Robson has to go in to your quins and your tries and your first fours if that's how you're playing. Yeah, the other thing that made me lean towards my Robson over Ashran was uh, Ashran has glue on his shoes for the first time. Whenever I see synthetic hoof fillers, any glue on the shoes, anything with the bar plates, anything like that, the horse isn't 100% right for mine. So, um, happy to play around. Um, actually, it's off for the first time. So, I've misread that. But regardless, <laughs> I don't know, my Robson gets five kilos off him. So, I'm happy to play and add my Robson's corner but not a big betting proposition for me okay the first group one we're going to skip so we're going to go all the way to the end mate to the get out stakes so this was known as the furphy sprint last year by a very good girl named tafane just screaming home getting my best bet of the day home and getting us the quaddy so 
Who'd you land on here? This was a t- tough one for mine. This is a tough one, I think, mate. Um, but I think it's between three horses. Uh, I think it's between number three, Diamond Effort, number four, California Zimble, and number eight, Fatuse. All winning chances, in my opinion. I can't go past a number three, Diamond Effort, though. Um, scratched last week from the Manicado. We thought it was a good chance in that. Um that's genuine group one form. Uh, no knocking on, on Fatuse and California Zimble, who are in great form, but I think Diamond Effort's got the class. Uh, it's proven at the track. Uh, it's proven at the track at the distance. Um, I think it's one of my better bets of the day, Diamond Effort. Um, I think it'll be ready to go. Yeah. We're seeing this race very similarly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have Diamond Effort on top as well. Um if I doubt it will, but if it gets to a good three, then I'm getting a bit nervous because they scratched her from the very hard track at Mooney Valley, which I was spewing about. Um, but yeah, I think Fatuse and California Zimble are the clear um, dangers. The girl who's come back really nicely this prep is number two, Fiesta. Um, I step back from 1200 to 1100 is a bit concerning for mine. Drawn outside, which I think is actually quite good because where the, these um, jocks typically want to do, they want to follow the speed in the in the um, in the straight races. It's going to get on California Zimbal's back, and Diamond Effort's going to be right there too. So it's actually going to get quite a nice run in the race. Um, so I could easily see her winning. So I might be playing between Diamond Effort and Fiesta, and maybe Fatuse. Um, in some exotics, but yeah, diamond effort on top for mine. Okay, mate, that is the undercard done and dusted, but let's get into the features right after this. Okay, mate, here we go. We're getting into the big boy stuff now, but we're starting with the girls <laughs> in the uh, Empire Rose. I think it's my favorite race, mate. It is. It's a cracking race. Yeah, you've you've had great success in this race over the years. Um Three old fillies interesting in this race. Um, I think there's only been eight or nine fillies that have attempted it and um, only two have won. But from a winning percentage perspective, that's actually pretty high. They were I'm a star and your girl, Shoals. Shoals. So, we have Odium down the bottom, $3.80 favorite, 1,000 guineas winner, 49 kegs on the back, Chica Fuerte. Um, who should find the front and forbidden love as well. So, but you also have the best horse in the race, in my opinion, the top eight, Mystic Journey. So, where are you leaning? Oh, mate. Um, three-year-old fillies with nothing on the back is right up my alley. That's all I'm going to say. So, I had a real good look at Odium, Chikafuerte and um, Forbidden Love. Um Look, Forbidden Love's drawn the car park, but I think she gets out to the front uh, pretty comfortably. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think she'll be super easy to chase down with the with the bottom weight. Odium draws perfectly, uh, and sixteen hundred meters for me is not a massive query. I think it showed enough uh, in the in the guineas um, to prove that it can it can win the race over sixteen hundred meters. Chick a few worse, eh? I don't mind, but I prefer the Sydney form. 
And yeah, Mystic Journey, uh, she's the best horse in the race, I think. Um, her form, her profile reads super for this race. She, she goes well at Flemington. She loves the distance. Um, she's drawn perfectly here, as she always bloody does. Um, she was great at, at Mooney Valley when she won last start, but, but who was in that race? Perfect Jewel. Yeah. Um, I think the horse that she beat back to third might have been a subsequent winner as well, um, but I'll be able to tell you, tell you in a sec. Yeah. So, look, I, I think... The, the way I'm seeing this race, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Odium and Forbidden Love out the front and then it's just a matter of who can chase them down. Oh, Shikafuote as well out the front. And it's just a matter of who can chase them down. I think MJ is the only one who can. Um, but I tell you what, Forbidden Love at 19 bucks Gets you excited. It gets me really excited. Um, I really like this filly. Um, she's got great form heading into this race. Um, she uh, ran um, first last start, uh, was really comfortable in that. I reckon she's got more uh, under her belt. That was 1,400 metres. This is obviously 16. Um, and she ran third um, in the Heritage Stakes uh, behind Wild Ruler. Um, so that's pretty good form in my books. I'm willing to play at that price, mate. Big each way. Bang. Too easy. All right. Um but I think Odium and, and Mystic Journey are two big dangers, and I think there's a good reason why they're they're the favourites in this race. Um, don't know who my on toppy is right now. I think I'm leaning towards Odium, but I think Forbidden Love will run a good race, and I think Mystic Journey will be there or thereabouts. Okay. Um, Mystic Journey beat Princess Jenny, who won the Bendigo, Bendigo Cup yesterday. Well, GZ go. And she beat her by nearly six lengths. Wow. Big tick for Mystic Journey for mine is she's against her own sex. Mm. Another tick is she's out to the mile. An even bigger tick is that she's at Flemington in a race where I think there is a stack of speed. Shout the bars going forward. Odium's going to go forward. Forbidden Love, Chica Fuerte is going to... They're all, all three of them are going to use that... Um, that uh, lightweight. So, I think they're all going to go forward. They're going to set a nice, decent tempo, which brings Mystic Journey into the race perfectly. So, I think she's going to be the hardest to beat. But yeah. there's been a there's a horse in this field that's been completely missed. You didn't, you didn't mention it. I am massively keen. She's not my on top here, but I'm going to have a good crack at her, at her at the price. She's already come in from $34. That's number eight missile mantra. Thought you were going to say that. Yeah, this girl's been absolutely luckless, this prep. <laughs> and she gets back um, to Flemington, which I think is a big tip. Tick. Uh, do you have her form there, actually? Because mine's not loading. I do. I do. Have a look, mate. So, something that really got me in interested in her. Um, Sierra Sue, that form. Yeah, fair. fair one, of, one of the favourites in the uh, Golden Eagle, which I think is... That that reads good enough here. Blink is back on. Going to focus up, focus her up nicely. I like the draw. She'll get some cover there, maybe too wide off the off the fence. Um, she she's going to be back in the field, but there's going to be a red hot red hot speed on here. I don't know. Again, I can concede Odium with the weight. Going to be awfully hard to beat, but it's another afterthought. Like some of them can do it. And I'm sure one of the three that I've potted will win. I'm, I'm, I have no doubt in that. But I'm happy to take them on if I get one of them right outside the two out of three. 
you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to gamble. Yeah. Look, I think the thousand guineas form heading into this race has proven before um, with Shoals winning. Uh, Shoals ran second in the thousand guineas and had fifty kegs on her back, and it was just too good for them. I think um, Star did the same thing. Yeah. So, yep. look, um, I think the three year olds are a great shout in this race. Um, yeah. Look, I'll be playing in the exotics. Um, Missile Mantra, mate, it's not a bad shout. Um, but, yeah, Mystic Journey, Odium, and, and Forbidden Love for me, I think um, one of those will win. You know who's going to be stoked with that tip? Macca. He loves that yeah, girl. he does. He loves it. He does. So, yeah, go the missile. Okay. First leg of the quaddy, mate. Gee whiz. Rubik's Cube. I, texted, I was texting yep. you last night. I have eight winning chances in this race. Yeah, I have uh, about six, I think, can win. Um, so, my eight are Farnan, Wild Ruler, Glenfiddich, uh, Doubtland. Uh, I think I'm potting Anders. Um, spots that Montessera, September run. Yeah, look, I've got Farnan, Wild Ruler, Glenfiddich, Doubtland. Um, spots that in September run. Was that six? Sure. I don't know. I think Holyfield's not a bad shout either at 35s. 1400 for mine, and Dross, but I think he's better suited 1400 to a mile. Same yep. with Flying Award. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. So, how'd you see this race unfolding, oh. mate? Yeah, look, um, always tough to pick a winner in the Coolmore. Um, I think, I think Farnham will get out to a pretty comfortable lead. Uh, as I said earlier in the pod, um, he trialed really well, um, last week. Had a really good jump out at Flemington uh, last week as well. Look, all the chat from the uh, the, the trainers, um, Waterhouse and Bot, is positive. Um, obviously, you mentioned that he's got some hoof filler in there at the moment, but I'm hoping that the cream rises to the top um, with Farn, and I think he might be a bit too good for some of these. Um, you know, that Sydney form sort of coming down. I think I think the Sydney form will, will stack up. I think the big danger is Wild Ruler. Um, Wild Ruler showed last start that um, he's a good colt, um, winning pretty comfortably in the Roman console. That form usually stacks up pretty nicely in this race. So he's a good shout. And then you've got September Run, who she's been running some insane sectionals. Done nothing wrong. On the straight. Nothing wrong at all. Look, this is a bit of a tougher task for her. It is. Um, and I think maybe the the 1,200 metres with this sort of pace might be just a little bit too much for her to, to overcome. Um, but, I, look, I would not be surprised if she wins this race. Um, and then you can't knock the form of Swats that either. So... And then Doubtland, I thought Doubtland, if it gets a bit wet, um, would be a would be one cracking bet at nineteens. Yes, and for he he beat Ranting comfortably when they met each other down the straight, and you're getting sixteen dollars for Ranting and eighteen dollars for Doubtland. That's just complete, doesn't make any that's sense. That's completely wrong. Doesn't make um, any sense. So I'd, I I agree, but he needs a for mine. I think yeah, it's starting to starting to. Put your pieces of the puzzle together. I think he needs a wet track on a good track. Wild Ruler just absolutely blew him away. And Wild Ruler is my on-top selection here. Um, I like the draw, the wider draw. I think um, that typically the grandstand side is where they like to be. Um, So, I think 
yeah, he's going to get a nice run here. I think he can actually take a bit of a sit behind Farnan. I think Farnan knows no other way. Um, he'll be going forward. Um, and it, it'll be interesting, actually, because you have Anders drawing on the inside and then you have Farnan on the yeah. outside. So, they're the clear speed in the race. Glenn Fitty can go forward, too. Oh, God. It's just, yeah, it's a tough – it's a real tough one, mate. Yeah. Oh, look, if anyone jags it, um, I'll be stoked for the quaddy. Oh, um, my God. We'll be going wide. Um, yeah, I'll be playing in the exotics massively in this. I just think I just think Farnan, if he if he's back to somewhere near his best, I think it'll be too good for these. But um, $6, I think that's a pretty fair price to find out. Yeah. If he, was, if he got pumped into threes or fours, don't know. Yeah. Um, before we give our tips, mate, I got a bit hasty off the top. I forgot to give you my stats for the race. Um, only four fillies have won it since 1979, one of them being Sunlight. So, um, you need a really, really classy filly to get it over the line. Um, six Golden Slipper winners have gone on to win since 1979. So, that's kind of a tick for Farnan. Um, and New South Wales horses have won seven of the last 12. So, yeah. Um, they're there or thereabouts. Um, give us your trifecta, mate. Uh, mate, I've got Farnan winning. I've got Wild Ruler running second, and then I've got uh, September Run storming home for third. Yep. I've got Wild Ruler on top. Got September Run in for second, and at a bit of a price, I might chuck in Montesira. I think mm. she's been she's well over the odds, I reckon. So I'm going to put those three. The other thing for Farnan, which is a big tick for mine, the jockey change. Who's been riding him his whole career? Bowman. Yeah. Jumps off, boss on. So, and Bowman's jumped onto a 100 to 1 shot, which is confusing. So, yeah, I found that very interesting as well. Bossy loves a grand final ride. Okay. Mate, here we go. One of the main events. What the day is actually named after. Yeah. The Victoria Derby. So, let's have a look here. Been a, I think it's Australia's oldest race, 1855 it was first run. So, And your key lead-up runs are your Caulfield Classic, which Alvarado hit the shot, let's crack a deal, Redwood Shadow came through, your Geelong, um, Geelong Classic, to be honest, scratched that form punters. I reckon you can risk everything from there. And the Mooney Valley Vars, so you had Cherry Tortoni and Johnny Get Angry, and then you also were going to have Young Werther, but they decided decide to scratch. Only two favourites have won in the last decade. Um, and Bowman and Oliver have ridden six of the last 10 winners. So, yeah, give them a lot of respect. I think out to... We've always thought this. Bowman is a pretty great... He's a good jockey over, I'd say, a mile. Mm. A mile and further, he's a great jockey. He just gets a bit... He has too, he has too little time to think, I reckon, in sprint races. Anyway, <laughs> Um and nine of the last 20 winners have been from barriers one to five, which I found interesting. So, all of that considered, mate, how do you see the derby unfolding? Yeah, look, mate, it was a very tough race uh, to um, dissect. It's not a heap of speed in this. There's no speed in this. Um, so, I think Lex Cracker Deal will get out to the front, which is good for him because he's had a bit of trouble uh, getting out. Um, and he's been boxed in his last yeah. few starts, and he's he's looks like he's just about to to explode, and just hasn't had the opportunity to. So I think him from uh, barrier three getting out to an early lead is is uh, very beneficial. 
I think what's going to really benefit him is that inside draw and what he was doing in, I think it was his last run, he was just laying in. He's going to have that that post, um, the rail right next to him the entire time. One thing that he did really nicely, he put the head on the chest. He went to sleep. So, he's going to, they're going to, I reckon they're going to be crawling up out in front with him. So, yeah. So, agreed. And I think um, it's just a matter of who can chase him down. Um, and I think there's two horses that can chase him down. I think there's uh, the favourite, the two favourites, um, number five, Young Werther, and uh, number one, Cherry Tortoni. Um, look, Cherry Tortoni was awesome last start in the Vars, uh, was one of the few horses who actually made up ground on the soft Mooney Valley track last start. Um, I was listening to the commentary on Channel 7 and Huey Bowman was, was saying that because uh, they actually had the jockey's footage um, on, on Cherry Tortoni and, and Hugh Bowman said the horse wasn't even concentrating uh, from what he could read from its sort of body language. So that says to me that there's a bit more room for improvement in Cherry Tortoni. Um, query is the white barrier. Uh, look, he's going to have to do a stack of work to get into a good position. Um, but like you said, there's not a lot of early pace, so he might go forward uh, and find a spot just behind the lead. Uh, but I think Young Werther will as well. Uh, and Young Werther, I think, has got the X factor in this race. Absolutely no knock on Cherry Tortoni. I was a little bit sort of hesitant because he was scratched last start from the Vars. And he's third up here. And, geez, that'd be a special effort um, from the O'Brien camp to, to get him to win this. But they seem that confident in this thing. They reckon he's rock hard and ready to go. Um, I and, sent you a yeah. text saying that they said that this thing is more fit than Vow and Declare and Russian Camelot. Which is amazing. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, look, if they're talking it up, I think it showed enough turn of foot last start um, with not a lot of luck and a bit of a horrid ride um, that he, he can win this. Um, draws perfectly, should sit just behind, let's crack a deal. He might even go forward and see if he can uh, dictate the pace a bit. So... Look, I'm I'm tossing up between Let's Crack a Deal, Young Werther and, and Cherry Tortoni for the win. Um, I'll make my decision by uh, the jump, obviously. Uh, but yeah, there's something about Let's Crack a Deal. I, th- I think I think he's going to run a nice race here. Um, he's got the right stable. Yeah, exactly. Mara right. Eustace, mate, out to this distance, they are absolutely they're specialists exactly right so i think he's a real chance and ten dollars i'm willing to find out um but yeah can't knock young werther and, and cherry tortoni nice mate so i definitely have lex crack a deal as a winning chance and punters i hope you listened last week because cherry tortoni before that race last week was 17 dollars. i said that he won and look at his price now he's second favorite four bucks so I have a ticket for him at 17s now, so I'm happy about that. But <laughs> I don't know. To my eye, I wasn't impressed by that win. Uh, but he he did beat Quay Quay, who's pretty smart. And same trainer of that galloper is Matty Kumani. And his number six here hit the shot. He said that this thing is his most exciting horse in his stable. More exciting than Quay Quay. And he was asked why he didn't put uh, Quay Quay into the derby. So he's not ready. This thing's ready. It's my on top selection. Hit the shot. Um, I think it was my horse to follow last week. Um, just 
he looks like he is screaming out for the distance, which you can't say for a lot of these. Johnny Get Angry is. <laughs> yeah. I was going to give Johnny Get Angry a shout out. I think we've spoken about him in nearly every podcast we've had. But I think he's just too slow. I think I think <laughs> it, I think he I think he would definitely get it. Like of all of the how many runners? 15, 14 runners. He's the one you can guarantee will run the distance. Oh yeah. But I think he's just going to run it too slowly. Um so I think yeah, hit the shots the one for mine. Um to get Matty Kumani his first group one in Australia. Um yeah, I can't I can't knock his prep at all. He's improved with every single run. Um yeah, this distance looks absolutely perfect. I think he'll get hopefully two off the fence with some cover. Give him the last shot. He has a great turn of foot, so yeah. I think uh, he'll be right in the mix. It can be a brutal race, this, um, for the three-year-olds, 2,500. Um, was it Warning who won last year? Yep. Yeah, from memory, that was a... That was a harsh race. It was just a brutal pace from the outset. So, look, it could this this race could throw up uh, some surprising results. Um, yeah, I won't be playing massively, but um, yeah, again, if we get through this leg of the quaddy, we're giving each other a pat on the back. Absolutely. All right, trifecta, mate. Yeah. So my trifecta at this stage, obviously the three horses that I, I shouted out. I'm gonna I'm gonna have Young Werther on top. Um, I'm gonna have uh, Les Cracker Deal running second. And then Cherry with the third. Yep. So, I've hit the shot on top. Um, I have Let's Crack a Deal running second. And I've chucked in Alvarado for third. I think his last run was really impressive. Um, Three wide the trip from the back of the field, no cover. And he's still fought on to win. He's he's always doing his best work really late in his races. So, I think he'll relish the distance. I'm just a bit against Cherry. Um... Look, I'd like it if he won um, for my sake. But um, And Young Wertha, he's got the most X factor, but I just can't back something third up in a um, in at this distance as a three-year-old. I know they've done it with Russian Camelot and um, King of Leogrons, but this is an unproven horse at this stage. It is, it is. So, um, that's why I'm not super keen... Um, I'm keen on him, but not super keen to have him on top at this stage. So, I've got him there, but may change to Les Cracker. Fair enough, mate. Okay. The Cantala. So, mate, this is a cracker. This is a great race. So, 1881. There's been 10 name changes for this race. Jeez. Heaps. Anyway, um, your key lead up, see Maccabi Diva Stakes, you Sir Rupert Clark, so you have Reykjavik coming out of that and others. Your Turak, which is Mr. Quickie, Buffalo River, and your Moonga, so Wild Planet and 50 Stars. So, um, only one horse has done the Cantala Turak double since 1983. That was Fierce Impact last year. So, he's a good boy. He is a great boy. Um, last horse to carry 59 kilos was Testarossa. In the year 2000. So the top weights mixed their form a bit. Um, yeah, like f- previous winners, Farlap three times. <laughs> Lee Romain, Best of Days, Shillelagh, and last year, Fierce Impact. So how do you see this one unfolding, mate? Yeah, mate, a, there is a bit of speed in this. Um, Buffalo River will go forward. Uh, got no doubt in my mind about that. Um, 
pretty light at the weights here. What's he what's he weighing? Fifty three kegs. Fifty three kegs. So look, it's a matter of who can chase him down. Um he proved last start that he can run out a good strong um mile. Um Mr. Quickie was obviously um fast finishing there and, and got over the top of him. Um meets him a lot better at the weights here. Mr. Quickie's carrying fifty eight and um Buffalo's got fifty three. Mr. Quickie actually meets him one kilo better at the weights. Does he actually? So, Mr. Quickie was 59 in the two rounds. Ah, drops a keg. And Buffalo meets him at the same, which I found really bizarre. Mm. So, I thought Quickie would be the top weight for sure. Anyway, carry on. Anyways, um, yeah, look, I think um, he'll lead. I think Wild Planet will get a sit just behind. Wild Planet's dual accepted as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it's... Yeah, and the SSX stakes as well in Sydney. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure which one it's going to. Uh, be very surprised if they take it back from Melbourne up to Sydney. But yeah, it's good wet track form, so they might take me up there, uh, down there. Yeah, up there, wherever. <laughs> so look, I think Wild Planet might run a good race, but there's one horse who I think this is his grand final. Um, you've mentioned him on the potty a few times. Um, and I think this race is very suited. Um, look, likes the distance, track, 50% strike rate for the win. Um, good or soft, doesn't matter. He's just an honest boy. He's just an honest boy. And I think he'll run a good race here. I don't think the barrier is an issue. Uh, that's number one, 50 stars. Bang. 12 bucks, more than happy to find out. Um, yeah, he ran super in this race last year. Only just missed out to Fierce Impact. Um, I think the mile is, is cherry ripe for him right now. I think his prep's been been perfect for this. So I've got 50 stars on top, mate. So do I. Um, barrier, I thought the barrier might scare me off first looking at the race, but it hasn't because I looked through his form. He won the Australia Cup, drawing the car park too. So There's a few emergencies inside of him as well. So he'll actually jump from, what, 12 or something? Yeah, so Probably. I think that's that's fine. Um the other runners who I was considering putting on top was my on-top selection from last year. Different race this year, but that is number nine, Rock. I wish I knew before the race last year that he doesn't go a yard on heavy tracks because <laughs> um, that's all the Hawks team have been saying. He was close to the run of the race in the Epsom. Um, he was. Came from, he was about 10 wide coming down the outside um, and still only missed by two lengths. Perfect in at the weights here. Drawn inside, so if he can take a sit in the middle of the field and if the brakes come, I think he's definitely a winning chance. Um, so I think, yeah, happy to play around 50 stars and rock. And there is an emergency here that I'm going to have a play at if it gets a run. That's the first emergency, Reykjavik. So key to this horse is not carrying weight. Can't do it. Gets in at 53 kilos here, which is perfect. Um Flemington, big tick. Out to the mile, big tick. So, I think he's he's one that if he gets into the field, um, I'm definitely going to have a play at the 50, 50 to 1. But um, if he doesn't, I'm also going to be happy because he probably won't be going in our quaddy either way. <laughs> <laughs> so... Alrighty, mate. Who do you, what's your what's your trifecta here, man? I've got fifty stars on top. I think Mister Quickie will run a good race. There's no reason why he won't. Uh, I've got him second, and then I think Buffalo River will hold on for a third. Yep, I've got fifty stars on top. Rock running second. I have Reykjavik or 
Mr. Quickie. So, if Reykjavik gets a run, happy to have him at third, but Mr. Quickie, I think, yeah, he's done nothing wrong. Okay, mate, let's take a quick break, but after this, we'll get it cracking into the Golden Eagle. So, the form is done and dusted, mate, in at Flemington. Now, we have to do the big race, the big eagle, the Golden Eagle, so in Sydney. So, first thing is, is that I basically just went through the field and see it and tried to see what can handle the track because it's <laughs> going to be a heavy 30. That's the first thing I did as well, man. It's going to be bloody tough down there. So, it's, yeah, you need to you need to find things that have their flippers on, their goggles on and can get through the going. So, how did how'd you land? Well, mate, yeah, based on that, um, there's a few, there's a four horses that I sort of, sort of narrowed it down to, um, swimmers with genuine Kendrick Lamar swimming pool that we're diving into. <laughs> um, look, I think uh, number 11, Flit. I think number 12, Funstar. Number 13, Colette. Uh, and number five, Riadini um, are all in with a chance here. Um, Riadini, there's no heavy form in its form, um, but it's one, two from two on a soft and two from two on wet. So that suggests that it doesn't mind having a bit of soft... Um, Ground underfoot. The Epsom race it ran, I thought was great. Ran third behind Probabil and Funstar. Um, so I've got absolutely, you know, no idea why it's paying 19s in this. I think it's overs and I think it'll run a good race from that barrier. But then you've got um, Fleet, Funstar and Colette, um, three mares who all have cracking heavy form. Fleet was all great, beating Alligator Blood home in the Silver Eagle. Um, she's just so inconsistent. Distance is a tick. Heavy track's a tick. It's just whether she actually turns up. Um, draws wide as well. Fun star, no knock on that. This mare at all. Um, second to Probabil in the Epsom. Heavy track, no issues. Distance tick. Um, draws the absolute car park. So Tommy Berry came out during the week before the barriers were drawn, saying he was praying for a good barrier because he doesn't want to have to do too much work early. Gets barrier twenty two. Ah. Look, I don't. I don't think that's an enormous issue. Um, I just hope that he rides a quieter because I think there's a stack of speed in this, and she'll be able to work through her gears. And then Colette, <coughs> Colette. Interestingly, uh, actually during the week, um, so Darren Beedman, champion jockey, obviously retired now. He works for Godolphin. Uh, and he represented Godolphin at the barrier draw for the Golden Eagle. And they asked him of the three Godolphin horses, so Criderius, Flit, and Colette, which one would he want to be on? He's like, I'd be all over Colette, all over her, especially if it's a heavy track. <coughs> Distance is the query, but I reckon she'll run a decent race. So that's, that's how I see it. I've got four horses uh, that I think can win. Um I think Funstar's the class, uh, but I think Riadini's a great shout at that price. 19 bucks. I think um, I think that should come in. Mm. Yeah. No, you've made a good case. Um, I'm I'm keen on Colette here. Um, yeah. Her f- heavy form speaks for itself. Now, it was out from 2,000 to 2,400, but I think she just absolutely plows through it. Her prep's been pretty underrated. Um, she was at 1,400, 1,600 twice in races where they probably weren't just suited for her. 
Um, she gets the cut out of the ground again here, so I think that's all ticks. Her best run was in the Epsom, um, only two lengths off it, and she was screamed through the line late. Like half this field is not going to get through it. Three yeah. quarters of the field aren't going to get through it. She will. Um, so I'm happy to be uh, on side with her. Funstar does give me interest because by this time of the day, and we saw this in the winter when Classic Legend won, they went right down the outside. They could do the exact same thing here, trying to find yep. the better ground. So um, I don't think wide barrier draws are a hindrance at all. The final horse that I think is a stupid price in this race is number two, Brandenburg. What's this guy done wrong? <laughs> He's back to his own age here. Like, back to his own age, has some form on cut out of the ground tracks, always runs an honest race. I think, yeah, he's well over the odds at $41. So, I think I'll be playing around. I think Colette's, Colette's my main bet in the race. Yep. Have something small on Brandenburg and keen to play him, Funstar, and uh, Colette in some Quinellas. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you, man. Um, playing in some Quinellas, tries, and, and uh, yeah, I'll have an each way on... Um on Riadini, uh, but I think Funstar and Colette for mine are probably the two the two winning chances. Yeah. I just saw Reload. It was $81 for this race, but he's also dual accepted for the Cantala, um, but he's an emergency down there. So, he, I like him, but he needs a dry track. So, <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> Let's get cracking on to the juicy steaks, mate. So... Last week, another loss. Thermosphere. <clears throat> um, <laughs> oh, so, Damien Lane came off and said she didn't handle the track. That is BS. She's just She was just past it. She's just shot, mate. She's yep. shot. Shot duck. So, <laughs> um, yeah, not a great result, but 115 bucks in the kitty. Um, we might try and do something with all the lads, I reckon. We might, we might chuck our best bets of the day as a place bet all up. Yeah. Five bucks each will... Chuck at least another 25 in the kitty, I reckon. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. They don't know that, but I do now. Um, <laughs> okay. Juicy stakes, mate. Let's get cracking on our value bets of the day. Let's st- kick it off in Melbourne. Mate, um, I think Forbidden Love uh, in the Empire Rose. 19 bucks to win, 5 bucks to place. I reckon find out punters at that price. Have a nice each way and see how it goes. I think I made a brilliant case for Missile Mantra. In the Empire oh, Rose yeah, as well. Cool. So, we're going head-to-head. Another six-pack on the line. Mate, we're going to have two six-packs on the line uh, for our juicies. But okay. Maybe more. Um, yeah, so race five, number eight. So, another six-pack on the line. I think it's four to me, one to you. Eek. So, this could be a full cardo right here. It could. Okay, your roughy of the day, mate. Um, yeah, that was my roughy. For a bit uh, of love. Sorry. In each Sydney. way. In Sydney. Um, in Sydney, do you oh, have one in Sydney? Oh, yeah, I do. Sorry, guys. I'm with the program now. <laughs> um, yeah, Riadini in the Golden Eagle. Yep. Um, I think it's 20 bucks at the moment, 550 to place. So, I think I'm taking you on. Yeah, I, I'd had two, but I'll just I'll go Brandenburg um, in the Golden Eagle. But my other one was Star of the Seas in the um, Ooh, yeah. Yes, Yes, Yes stakes because I'm actually pretty keen to take on Geetra there. Um, yeah, so am I, mate. 1300 so not suitable. Another afterthought, but the yes, yes, yes stakes, I think there's a million-dollar bonus for anything that ran in the Everest, so I can understand why they're backing up. But 
And wet track, like really, really wet track form is unknown. Star of the Seas gets through it easy. So, but he is also a bit banged up. So, interesting. Anyway, um, each way in Melbourne, mate. Man, I think Farnan in the Coolmore is a great shout. Um, I think he's a winning chance. So, $6 for the win, $2.30 for the place. Beautiful. Mine was race one, number seven. So, let's toast. Yeah. At what, $16? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be jumping on. Eight horse field. <laughs> Two favourites that I'm keen to take on. Yes, <laughs> please. Um, beautiful. And you each way? Um, yeah, my each way in um, Rose Hill, uh, race four, number 11, Archana. Um, back to the last start, ran second. Heavy track suits, 1,900 metres, shouldn't be a problem. $6 for the win, $2.20 for the place. Race four, number 11. Nice one. I've gone Colette in the Golden Eagle. So, um, yeah, I think she's she's the winner of that. And your best? My best in Flemington, um, I think um, Diamond Effort in the last. I I like it. I think it'll be awfully hard to beat. Uh, I think my next best will be personal. Okay. Yep. Beautiful. And um, my best is race two, number nine, Victoria Key. Uh, at six bucks. So she's my best of the day in Melbourne, um, in Sydney. Uh, race five, number 12, uh, Makrura. Uh, first up, tick, track, tick, distance, tick, heavy, tick, barrier. All ticks. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about 350 at the moment. Um, yeah, I reckon that's a great shout. Roth fire form, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yep. And my best was. If he's not related to Jungle Edge, they should be very close cousins. Is Woogok in um, <laughs> Sydney? Because this guy, he's if he's not the best wet tracker in Australia over two thousand, he'd be right up there. Thorpedo. Um, so yeah, race six, number three, Woogok. Mate, I can't wait. I'm that keen, mate. I'm that keen. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm excited. All the above. Christmas grand final, all wrapped into one. It's Derby Day. Bang. Nothing more left to do than to back some winners so all the best out there punters hope you find a few winners yeah all the best guys have a good one